Our gospel reading for this morning is from Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 13, and this will also serve as the text for our sermon today. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the, on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Many of you are here today because of the beauty that we find in Summit County that we find in, in Breckenridge, right? Sometimes we talk about this beauty in, in terms of gold here in Summit County. If you know anything about the history of, of a mountain town, you know that mining, mining for gold is kind of the roots of this town, goes back decades, hundreds of years to, to striking gold, right? That's what brought people here to start with. But there's other types of gold to be found here in the mountains. Uh, there's what's referred to sometimes as green gold. That's why most of you are here right now. Green gold, right? You, you go out, you look, green trees, green grass, hiking, biking, mountains, rivers that are running through. It's beautiful. It's golden. And of course, Breckenridge is known for White gold, right? Couple, a few months of the year, you know, eight or nine, <laughs> we have this glistening stuff falling from the sky, and our ski slopes are 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 filled, and we're going, and we're skiing, and we're we're getting a little exercise in, and it's beautiful. I like to to tell people that I go skiing with, like it it really it doesn't matter how fast we go. Like some people come up and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry that I'm not more advanced. You know, I can only stay on the greens or whatever. And, you know, to me, it's okay. Like whether I'm with someone who's going to hang out on the greens all day or whether I'm with someone that's able to do more advanced black stuff or whether I'm by myself, it's beautiful. And we get to enjoy it and, and take it in. 
However, that's, that's the golden side. That's the, the beauty of Summit County. But there are some problems in Summit County as well. Problems like finding child care. The amount, the, the open arms child care that uses our facility, their wait list, what is it, Leslie, like 100 long? You get pregnant, and if you know what, what's good for you, you put your name immediately on a child care list because it takes that long to, to get in. What about workforce housing or housing in general in, in Summit County? A, a, a neighbor across the street, good friends of ours, uh, someone that, where's Joy at? Anyways, Joy, that Joy baby, sorry, I, literally right in front of me. <laughs> so my daughter Joy babysits for, uh, for our neighbors, and uh, they lived across the street, but the, the house that they lived in was a rental. And so one day, their landlord said, yeah, sorry, um, going to go a different direction, going to have my, the workers for my company live in this house because we need to find workforce housing. And so they're left without housing, and they're scrambling around, and there's a low inventory. And <laughs> Summit County, uh, you, can, you can find a, a fixer-upper for the low, low price of about a million dollars. And uh, I'm not, I wish I was kidding. It's, and these are people that are invested in the community, that love the community, that work for the community uh, as a nutritionist, a lactation consultant. Uh, he work, uh, the, uh, her husband, he works for um, Keystone and, and helps some of the property management there. Like, these are people who have been long time invested in the community and it's hard to live here. And mental health is a reality in Summit County, mental illness in particular. Uh, nine months of winter has its effect on you, right? Uh, lack of community, how many people move here, not realizing it at the time, but leaving their family back in the Midwest, back in the South. They lose their community that takes a toll on someone's mental health. This is the Rocky Mountains have been referred to as the suicide belt. Mental health, depression, suicide, all the rates are up from the national, anthem, uh, national average in this Rocky Mountain belt. It's an issue. And whew, we're a little congregation. What are we going to do about it? Seems overwhelming. And, and, I'm, and, and to be clear here, I'm not, just, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. If you're a visitor with us, someone who's, who's come to, to uh, worship with us today, I'm not just here to, to make you feel bad. Yes, the beauty of this place is right before you. I'm just trying to keep it real. I'm just trying to share that all that glitters is not gold. And the same is true in your life. Look at your, your pictures on Instagram. <laughs> Perfect angle. Got your makeup done perfectly, right? How many shots do you need to take? How many selfies do you need to take before you say, I'm going to post that one? But you know behind that, 
You know the brokenness. You know the, self, the self-doubt, the struggles. What are people going to think? How many likes am I going to get for this? Or family pictures, right? Oh, there's a Christmas card that we send out. Everyone is smiling and happy. Oh, but we know what things look like behind closed doors. When the kids are throwing a tantrum, when parents are at each other. What about physique? Someone who walks around who's buff, who's jacked, right? And everyone looks at him and he's like, that guy's ripped, right? And uh, that person knows, yeah, but I've also been under the pressure of a father my entire life to do a little bit better, to work a little bit harder, to do a little bit more. And that messes with him. Intelligence. There might be someone who's super smart, but doubts themselves. Wealth. They've got a car. They've got a house. They they can live in Summit County. They have everything at their disposal. And yet, there's still that emptiness inside, that feeling of, is this it? You know what I'm talking about. We experience this. And, and I bring all this up because our story from Scripture, our account from Scripture today is, is one that we're, we're pretty familiar with, right? It's the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle, aside from the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Even if you aren't someone who regularly goes to church, don't have a church background, you probably likely have a memory of or have heard of this story at some point. And so quickly, we can, because we are so familiar with this story, and we take a, a, a cursory reading, a periphery reading of this story, and we so quickly jump to everything that's awesome about this account. And there are some pretty cool things, right? Uh, Jesus is there. How many people have said, boy, I can't wait to see Jesus face to face? Anyone? I'm hoping that everyone raises their hand. That's my, that's my goal, right? That's my goal in life as a pastor. I, want, I hope that you all long for Jesus as I do too. We long for that. And Jesus, he shares, he shares compassion for the people, right? Uh, the, the Greek words, like, gizomai, uh, it's where we get spleen. He feels it. It's not just compassion, like, oh, I feel bad. No, it's like down in his gut. Like, he feels this compassion towards other people. And he sees, he sees that they're like sheep without a shepherd. He sees that they're broken. He sees they need healing. And what's he do? <laughs> He's healing them. That's what we're told in our text. That's what Jesus does. And to top it all off, 5,000 people plus women plus children. So what are we talking about? 12, 15, 20,000 people are fed. It's a miracle. Woo! And that's true. But we also need to take, a slow, uh, take our time, slow down a little bit, and recognize that there were also problems 
heartache, pain in these people's lives. It had been a long day. They were tired. They're in a desolate place. Sun was beating down on them uh, all day. And it's the end of the day, and they're hungry. Now, I know myself, if I'm tired and hungry, <laughs> you probably don't want me preaching on that day, right? Uh, I, I'm hangry. There's a reason. That's a term, a thing that people talk about. You know, you've experienced this yourself. And you multiply that by a crowd of some 15,000, 20,000 people, and they're, they're hungry, and they're tired, and they're, they're hangry, and and they're in a desolate place in the middle of nowhere, and the kids are, are crying, Mom, when am I going to get something to eat? I need a snack. Well, I'm all, I'm all out. I didn't bring any more, uh, um, you know, whatever, fruit uh, gummies or whatever for a snack, right? And they're hungry. Tummy, stomachs are, are growling. And the disciples... They see what's happening. They're like, ooh, ooh, this, is, this is a problem. <laughs> this is a big problem. We need to do something about this. And they go to Jesus and they're like, uh, we need to send them back to their town, back to where they live, back to the places where there, are, there is food, where they can get a nap, or else this is going to get real bad real fast. The disciples see the problem, but they come up with the wrong solution. At least, that's not Jesus' solution. As they're talking to Jesus, he turns to them and he says, Well, you give them something to eat. You give them something. What? <laughs> All these people in the middle of nowhere? You've got to be kidding me. This is impossible. We only have five loaves of bread. We have a couple of fish. What's that amongst so many? You've got to be kidding me. See, all they could see is the problems. But the solution was standing right in front of them. Jesus says, Bring it here to me. Bring them here. And in good liturgical form, Jesus stands up on the mountainside, if you will, and looks at the crowd. Hey, please be seated. Please be seated. Everyone sits down. He took the five loaves. He took the two fish. He says a blessing. And then gives them to the disciples, and they hand them out to the crowd. All the people who were there ate and were satisfied, and they had leftovers. Twelve baskets, if you're counting. Anytime there's numbers in scriptures, that, that makes us uh, look a little closer. Huh, we see something about the number 12. That might be indicative of the, the church. But my question for us is this. 
What did the miracle happen? How did the miracle happen? Anyone? At what point did the miracle happen? The distribution. Interesting. Jesus takes the five loaves, the two fish, he hands them back to the disciples. There's, there's nothing that indicates that all of a sudden, boop, 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 you know, there's this huge amount of, of bread and fish. No, he hands them back to the disciples, and the disciples start ha- handing them out. And it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and they've got enough, and it's, it's a miracle. And Jesus not only did the miracle happen uh, during the distribution, but it happened with what they had to give. Just five loaves, just two fish. In the hands of Jesus, and by the power and authority that only he gives, he can take five loaves and two fish and feed an entire crowd. See, we can become so caught up on the miraculous feeding, though, that we lose sight of the fact that this is still relevant for us today. Where does Jesus do his miracles? It's in the hands of his followers. The twelve, his pastors, his people, as they distribute the gifts. We can be so focused on the miracle that we miss the means, the disciples, God working through them. And as N.T. Wright has put it this way, what Jesus does with what we give him is so mysterious and so powerful that it's hard to describe in words. And yet here it is. But what we see, we only often see the problems, right? We only see everyone's hungry, desolate place. We have so little. We see how small we are. We see how weak we are. We see our failures, and we send them away. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I will work through this. Bring it here to me. Come to me. Bring, bring your problems to me. Your, your insecurity, your, your struggles, your financial issues, bring it to me. And we receive compassion from the Lord, and he works through that. Our, our Lord, takes he can take nothing and make it into everything. Everything that we need in life. And that is exactly what he does when he takes our sin takes our death, takes our brokenness, takes it, give it here to me, give it here to me, I'll take it, takes it upon the cross, dies in our place, suffers in our place, suffers for you, and three days later, what do we have? Everything we need. Life, and salvation, and the forgiveness of sins through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks 
be to God. And that is still true for us today. In the ancient church, part of the practice in the worship services looked like this. People would come with their offerings. Sounds normal. But their offerings uh, would be maybe sometimes a little different than what we think of as offerings. They're not just a, a check in the envelope or a few coins. People would come with, hey, here's my the bread that I have to bring. Here's the, the wine that we have in our home. And that offering would be turned around and in the service used then as the body and blood of Christ, used as communion. And through that, mere wafers, through a little bit of wine, Jesus gives us everything. And we're satisfied and we're filled, and there's more to go around. <laughs> we, we had a moment today where we're like, oh, there's a lot of people here, more than we're used to, and Jesus gave us enough, plenty for communion. Thank you for your help. Chris, I appreciate the way Jesus worked through you. When we look at the, the problems in our communities, whether that be Summit County or the community you live in, we can sometimes feel inadequate, unprepared. But we can take those things to Jesus and trust that he is going to, to work through them, work through his disciples, and bring life into that situation. It might, just be, it might be one meal that you have your neighbor over for. It, it might be one conversation that you have with someone who's struggling with, with self-doubt, with identity. And yet, it's enough. It's enough for Jesus. It's been enough for 2,000 years, and it's enough today. As Christ Lutheran, it was about five years ago that I had a conversation with a few of you back in the office, conversation after <laughs> we'd been denied a pastor again and couldn't figure out how are we going to get a pastor to live in this place? How are we going to get a, uh, keep going as a congregation? It was a conversation that even included some people starting to suggest maybe, maybe our time is up. Maybe it's time for us to Close the doors. And do you see this? <laughs> do you see what's happening? Jesus took that and said, okay, give me what you got. I'll bless it. To the point where not only our congregation is healthier, our congregation is growing, thanks be to God, but our little congregation here in Breckenridge is also looking around the area, around the mountains, looking at Leadville, looking at Granby, looking at Kremlin, looking at Idaho Springs, looking at Blackhawk, looking at Fairplay, and we're saying, let's plant churches there or, or plant missionaries in these places. We get to partner with other congregations in Edwards, in Steamboat Springs, in Arvada, and beyond. And Jesus, Jesus says this, it's enough. 
That's enough. And I will continue to provide so that people in these communities may have the word of life and the bread of life given to them. Thank you, Jesus, for working in our lives. May you receive all glory and honor and praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen.